Welcome to Talking Migration. My name is Clara Sunderland and Talking Migration is supported by the University of Manchester. Perhaps one of the most contentious questions within debate around migration is how the movement of people across international borders affect levels of crime. Simply asking a question carries certain assumptions about the relevance of someone's migration background to whether or not they are more at risk of committing or being the victim of crime. What's more, immigrants are often treated like criminals without having actually committed a crime. We see this when asylum seekers are deprived of their liberty in detention centres or when people exercising their human right to seek asylum are claimed to be illegal. What does the criminological research tell us about what, if anything, we know about immigration and crime? To discuss this, I talked to Amber Beckley, a criminologist at Stockholm University. I started by asking her if we can say anything in general about the effect of immigration on crime or if it's all context dependent. I would say we cannot really say anything in general about the effect of immigration on crime. If, if anything, I think results from the United States have, have been the most sort of indicative that if immigrants or immigration does have an effect on crime, that it's uh, very small and negative. But um, that's sort of the country where there's been the most research done. So we have a lot of evidence from there, but from around the rest of the world, it's a little um, less clear what the effect of immigration is on crime. Um, for individuals, we know that oftentimes immigrants are overrepresented um, among uh, people who commit crime, but um, things are very inconsistent with that as well. So the differences that you observe then between countries, what um, can explain that difference? That's a good question. I don't think we really know at this point what explains why um, some people that immigrate to one country may commit more crime than some people who immigrate to a different country. And there also doesn't seem to be uh, any real consistency in who some people are. If there are people from, um, you know, uh, I don't know, let's say um, it, it, Pakistan, maybe they're committing more crime in one country than they're committing in a different country um, on, on average. So it's, it's really, um, the patterns across, the, and this is just talking about Europe, the patterns across Europe seem to be just kind of inconsistent in terms of what's happening, um, what types of crimes, the background of the people who are, are committing the crimes. And you said in the US context, uh, sorry if I could just jump back to that first question, that there is a negative uh, effect uh, of crime. So is it the case there as well that immigrants or people who immigrate will commit fewer crimes than a person who hasn't immigrated? Or is there a strange thing where those things aren't related, like on the individual and the um, sort of macro level? That's a really great question. And um, you, you are thinking correctly that the what individuals are doing are not necessarily indicative of sort of aggregate rates of crime. So when I say that um, immigration in the United States seems to be related to um, lower crime rates, that's really about these aggregate effects we're seeing of how many immigrants, for example, enter the country, and then how many or what the crime rate is um, in a, over a given time period. Whether or not then individuals themselves are committing more or less crime than um, 
uh, people who have a, a native background, if you will, um, is, is kind of a different question. And um, again, I think the evidence on that is really uh, a lot of, uh, it depends on so many factors. So you mentioned then that those factors, it's unclear which factors it is, um, and that we don't necessarily know uh, the country level. And you also mentioned there that you don't necessarily know at the individual level either, because someone, uh, it's the case in that someone with kind of similar characteristic immigrating to one country might have a higher risk of committing crime than in another country. So is there anything we can say about individual sort of risk factors? Um, is there a difference, for example, between different uh, categories of migrants like refugees or um, family migrants or, or labor migrants? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we, we do know some things that, um, you know, maybe some evidence from Germany and um, from Norway has shown that maybe people who have a... Um, uh, who aren't yet registered as um, maybe residents, whether that be because they're um, uh, undocumented and never will be registered or are seeking asylum, um, they may uh, offend and do sort of like property crime, but not a whole lot of it. And it's like I said, nonviolent type offending. Um, but, but I think, you know, the, these questions kind of get at the issue that, um, I think this idea of immigrants in, in general is at least for the purposes of thinking about crime is a bit of um, an outdated term in the sense that we have, you know, we now have a, 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 the immigration of today now consists of a lot of like high, highly skilled migrants moving to and from places. Um, in Sweden recently, they, you know, there, there's been this politicization of, of sort of immigration and trying to, um, you know, keep immigrants out. And they, they enacted a policy that actually sort of adversely affected PhD students that weren't from Sweden. So um, I think that, that there really needs to be much more sort of nuance behind this, this idea of who people are and where they're coming from and you know why they're coming and what their backgrounds are if we want to understand maybe the reasons why people are committing crime and i i don't see those really as very different from the reasons we understand why non-immigrants are committing crime for example and those that sort of research i suppose may help to actually um know which policies to implement to prevent crime rather than preventing the immigration. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, this isn't, um, you know, these problems, I think the crime problems and immigration problems are, are not really the, the same thing. I understand that, you know, immigration itself may pose a number of social difficulties, but I don't, uh, I don't necessarily think that they uh, are the mechanism from which to um, try to reduce crime. And in terms of, um, again, looking at the country level factors that might uh, affect uh, the impacts that immigration, if we may still say <laughs> that, well, we shouldn't then, but uh, let's do it for the sake of it, on crime levels. So how important, uh, or do we know how important any of those factors might be? And I know people have talked about differences in welfare states. 
there's a lot of discussion in Sweden, like you mentioned, about the integration of um, immigrants on the labor market, so that their relative socioeconomic status may shift. So is there anything about those factors that, that impact this effect? Yeah, I mean, I, I would certainly say that, you know, any, any things that are sort of associated with crime among people who aren't immigrants would be associated with crime among people who, who are. So I, you know, things like not having an education, not having employment, um, you know, just the sort of being a male even are sort of the, the typical uh, being young, uh, typical correlates of crime. And those things you, you can find, um, you know, among immigrants and non-immigrants alike. And, um, I mean, I think that in terms of the the country level differences, it's it is really difficult to compare a place like the United States to um, a place like Sweden. You know, United States, which has virtually no social support uh, system, um, because I think it's it's very hard to um, maybe get along in the United States uh, if, if you need help, whereas in a place like Sweden, the government is here and can provide support. And, um, you know, whether or not those things, how they affect crime among people who uh, weren't born in the country is, uh, so I think is a great question. And I don't have an answer for that. I suppose um, to speculate, you would assume that perhaps there would be the reverse effect then in Sweden and the US if the because you said Sweden um or the US has this negative relationship between immigration and crime whereas in Sweden I think it's the opposite um, and if there's more support in um in Sweden you would perhaps expect it to be the other way around yeah I don't know I mean I think the idea of this negative relationship in Sweden itself is something that's not really clear either because the 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 evidence from Sweden that um leads people to to say that immigration increases crime in Sweden is this sort of um, individual level evidence. And so I think in the aggregate, we see maybe maybe positive effects, but they're very, very small um, as well. So, you know, trying to understand whether or not this very small negative effect versus a very small positive effect is due to anything at um, the level of, of, of sort of the countries is, uh, I, you know, it, it's, it's not very clear. And of course, the United States also has the issue that, um, you know, it's a federation of, of states that, that every, in every state kind of sets their own policies um, with regard to um, social welfare programs. So I, I think that, I think it's definitely an interesting question and something that could um, certainly uh, highlight maybe how we can think of policies and how they might be able to help um, immigrants and what their effect uh, may be. But yeah, it's a lot, that's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> the US and Sweden are quite different. There are closer countries like um, Norway and Denmark in comparisons between the Nordic countries, are there anything interesting there that we can say uh, that may or may not make a difference at the country level? 
Yeah, that is really interesting. I mean, and there was this study comparing um, immigrants in Norway to immigrants in Finland, and they actually sort of looked at the the uh, the foreign background of where um, people came from, and it it was it was really interesting to see that um, you know where people came from didn't. Uh, there weren't necessarily consistent results across all all countries. Um, so you you wonder why um, why that might be. I, you know, Finland and Norway are more different than maybe Sweden and Norway, perhaps. But um, uh, you'd think that they aren't this U.S. Nordic countries difference that you, you that you could um, you'd expect sort of consistent results. I mean, the people coming are sort of similar, the job markets are similar, the the um, social welfare systems are similar. Um, so it's not really clear what uh, why there might be sort of differences by you know where somebody comes from between those two places. And you also specifically studied Sweden, where there is comparatively very high levels of gun crime in the past few years. And a lot of people relate this to recent high levels or relatively high levels of immigration. Do you think there is a link like that? And if there is a link, why is it a link? Yeah, I, th I am not sure about that. Um, and I don't, I don't think anyone has uh, evidence on that yet. I think... Um, you know, the, the interesting thing about Sweden and their sort of rate of deadly crime and gun crime is it's kind of, it's it's definitely been going up, but compared to the rest of Europe, um, it's, it's kind of regressing toward the mean. Um, so I don't, you know, is what's going on in Sweden a, a trend toward the worse or is it sort of just, you know, where where things would be now that Sweden's becoming more like the rest of Europe. And I don't, I don't really know. Um, and, and whether or not the, the role that sort of uh, immigration plays in that is, is really unclear. I mean, at the same time that immigration has been going up in Sweden, lots of things have been changing. I mean, housing prices have skyrocketed, uh, for example. Um, the population itself has just grown in size, not necessarily because of immigration either. So there's been a lot of things happening um, sort of simultaneously to all these, these other changes. Um, I think disentangling you know, where immigration comes in at that part is... Um, it, it's really interesting. I mean, also to add that at the same time that like violent crime or these deadly crimes have been going up, property crimes have been going down. So, um, you know, what, what does that mean? Does that mean immigration is decreasing property crime? Like, you know, I, I don't think, you know, you don't hear any politicians saying we need more immigrants so that people stop stealing. It's, it's always the opposite story. So... I guess one reason why you might think that there is a um, link between higher levels of immigration and violent crime is if the social services and schools and these resources that are kind of finite in, a, in the short term, if they get overburdened in the short term and fail to sort of do their job in terms of supporting and catching out those people who need support uh, to not end up in uh, in some of these situations 
So that is a question of the the resources that in the short term, we can't just increase because we have a particular population increase. That's just a speculation, but... Yeah, I I think this idea that there's, I I mean, I guess you're sort of tapping into this idea that, you know, immigrants are sort of coming and and taking up these these resources, right? Is that sort of where you're, this idea that maybe that, that that's what's going on and then they're um, you know, they're, they're assigned, maybe the effect of immigration has a broader impact than just for, for immigrants. Is that kind of where you're going with that? Or If we think of the sort of costs that immigration might uh, bring about, then you have the financial uh, sort of macro level uh, cost, but there's the, also the resources that you can't just add money to because it requires social workers to be educated and teachers to be uh, to be trained. So, and those are the resources that you might need in order to prevent crime, uh, because they are the sort of the sort of fundamentals of uh, making sure young people get like a stable uh, upbringing and so forth. So, perhaps it's just the case that there is a limit to how many people you can add to a population at a given time, and still be able to provide these uh, societal fundamentals that will enable people to uh, to grow up in a way that doesn't put them at risk of becoming um, involved in crime. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely uh, something you could think of. I think um, in some in some research I've done, we we sort of saw that um, the the crime rates sort of drastically increased um, over the past I don't know twenty years. They kind of drastically increased in sort of very small um, municipalities across Sweden, and. Um, you know, why, why they sort of increased across these small municipalities relative to sort of maybe larger, more populous municipalities is not, um, you know, it's not really clear. Immigration levels were sort of the same across both of them over time. And so the, the fact that um, all of a sudden we have this sort of quadrupling of crime in some smaller municipalities is um, maybe it is that they couldn't really absorb, uh, you know, the the change in the population. They weren't prepared for it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, you know, in big cities, maybe we have better resources to cope with um, changing populations and not just not just financial resources, but maybe also, you know, citizens are better able to cope with um, diverse social fabric compared to small, maybe historically homogenous towns. So. so in Sweden, there's this discussion about what is it that may cause uh, higher crimes among immigrants. And there's a lot of discussion about high levels of unemployment, even though um, employment of uh, immigrants has actually improved quite a lot the last few decades also about segregation, um, uh, that there are some areas with high proportion of immigrants. But in your research, you found that it's more important to look at population density. So can you explain that result? Yeah, I think in terms of, I mean, just in terms of crime in general, looking at population density is is more tied to um, like visible street crimes. Um, So, you know, you see crime happening more in places where, it's 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 a city center you know like when we think of 
when we think of things like public assaults and um, assaults of police officers or peace officers, things along those lines, they tend to happen more in, um, you know, maybe in areas where people are out drinking, if you will, on weekends. I mean, these are these are sort of places where where there's a lot of things going on, a lot of people, a lot of commotion, you could say. And that's not necessarily where, um, you know, immigrants are living. And so, you know, where where immigrants move to and, and maybe their, you know, their segregation in certain parts of town that that doesn't, you know, translate necessarily to uh, higher levels of, you know, people being assaulted or, um, you know, people dealing drugs on the street or things like that. What is the impact, if you know, on um, of um, racism or structural racism in terms of uh, the risk of being accused of crime or being uh, charged with crime? Um, and of course, we know that in Sweden, in some of these segregated areas, there is a lot more police presence as well. So I'm guessing the likelihood of actually being arrested is going to be higher as well. Uh, and we know from this uh, political debates in in like the US as well, there is uh, a, a discussion about certain people, people of color being more likely to be targeted by uh, by police, for example. So can we say anything about the importance of that in terms of just the statistics that we get? Yeah, um, as you as you alluded to, there is evidence in Sweden that um, I think I think most con convincing that this may be a problem is that um, you know you see people with a foreign background um, being apprehended by police or you know suspected of crime by police at a at a higher rate than um, non-immigrants, but then a larger percentage of them sort of drop off when it comes to the actual prosecution of crime. Um, so something is going on between the police thinking someone is, has committed a crime and the person actually being um, held accountable in, in, uh, in legally accountable for that. Um, whether that is, you know, police just sort of gathering up people without sufficient evidence um, because of racism or whether it's uh, because of, you know, people who are not uh, immigrants or don't have a foreign background being able to get off easier. Um, it's it's not really clear, um, but I think, yeah, to, to assume that, you know, racism, xenophobia has no role would be naive. I feel like we've tried to cover such a enormous area of research and it's been so interesting to um, to listen to you. But is there anything you'd like to add that we haven't talked about and that you think we should really think about? Yeah, so I think we need um, maybe more nuanced data and more new, more nuanced research to get at the um, the complexities behind immigration and immigrants and understanding better sort of the uh, the actual characteristics of people who are committing crime rather than the just where they're born or where they came from to to better understand what's happening with immigration and crime. To find out more about Amber Beckley's work, please see the links in the episode notes or on Twitter at TalkingMig. But that was all for this time. Thank you for listening.